So Brad, I got a question for you. Yeah, what's up, Scott? Uh, okay, so uh, the movie Joker. Yeah. How do Juggalos generally feel about that movie? I know you can't speak for all of them, but. All right. Well, I'll do what's without the... the disclaimers. Um, I don't know. You know, I haven't talked to a lot of Juggalos about Joker. Yeah. I didn't mind it. I thought it was an okay movie. I don't think it had really anything to do with the Batman universe. It could have just been about a crazy guy who worked as a clown and had nothing to do with the Clown Prince of Crime. Yeah. But I thought it was an interesting film. Yeah, I actually really liked it. Like that, that's one of those ones where um, uh, it uh, it was better than it should have been. You know what I mean? Yeah, it had better yeah. than it, it was better than it had any right to be. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and uh, I was pretty impressed by it, but uh, I, it's pretty polarizing. Like people have a lot of opinions on it, so I was curious about Juggalos because I think a lot of people felt like it uh, glamorized the violence, but I don't really agree with that. To me, it felt like Juggalo should really like that movie. So, so just curious if there was like a big outpouring of love for it. Why should we, Bo? Well, because it's it's about a, a, a disenfranchised clown who gets off his medication and starts causing terror, but he kind of does it for what he thinks are good reasons, which seems like the the kind of things that are top this topics in ICP songs. Yeah, fair play. All right, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I liked it a lot, yeah. I just, yeah. I try to divorce it of my uh, internal, like, Gotham or DC canon. Yeah. But, yeah, great yeah. movie. Um, however, as, as, while you're on the topic of Jokers, uh, the most hated Joker, uh, the Jared Leto Joker, was often called the Juggalo Joker. Oh, uh, by, no. by By mainstream, in fact. And I, I've heard several Juggalos kind of take that up and own it and say, like, you know, we were into the Joker and Wicked Clowns before he yeah. came along, before that version came along. But they felt like that was kind of giving credence and giving a little tip of the hat to the juggler world. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I feel that, but it's out there. I've he heard never it said. felt like the uh, juggler to me, but no, um, I think it was like a tattoo, he's a bling, more of a like late school juggler, maybe like a Ouija Max style juggler or something like that. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I can't say I identified with him, and I didn't like that version of the Joker. No. Um, but yeah, I've heard it said. So there you go, a little connection there. Anybody listening has probably figured out, this is the Gentleman Juggalo. So to all the Juggalos, Juggalettes, ladies, gentlemen, serial killers, and whatever other kind of freaks are listening to this, I'm Brad. And I'm Scott. And today, we are talking about the other sixth Joker's card. <laughs> That's right, the Wraiths exhibit of Hell's Pit. That's right. Um, I, I like this one. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. I'm, Interesting. I'm kind of back on board. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we made an observation last time, because for those of you who are listening, and I'm sure everybody is dedicated and listening to every single fucking episode and getting tattoos of our faces and all that. Um, <laughs> very beautiful, by the way. I don't know if you know that. you got to get the tattoo of our faces on your face. Half and half with a stitching? Yeah. Like Freak Show? Nice. Um, Scott didn't really love Shangri-La. No. And I, during that <laughs> conversation, I made the observation that, you know what? Shangri-La... The sixth Joker's card is the Wraith, and there's two exhibits. Shangri-La's for the Juggalos, and Hell's Pit is for all the rest. Violent J said that to my face, 
at the gathering in Peoria, Illinois, 2002. And it seems like that just might be proving true with our dear non-juggalo but very curious and patient friend, Scott. Yeah, that, that, uh, yeah, that's a, absolutely the way that I would describe this. Is This one got me back in for other reasons. Like, I'm going to make some good arguments on this one is why I think the other one failed and this one didn't. Dope. <laughs> but, I can't yeah. wait to hear them. And it's, you know what? The, I mean, the Joker's card is almost a choose-your-own-adventure kind yeah. of thing. You, or choose-your-own-ending at the very least. Um, which one really resonates with you? Because um, it is six cards, and you can always have them split and say there's two sixths, or you can kind of go with this This is my sixth. And it sounds like you, you've got a different sixth than me. Yeah. But that's just fine. I think that's kind of the way it was designed. So so, so just kind of off, off on a tangent question, what is your favorite of the Joker's cards? That's a fucking unfair question. <laughs> um, like if you had to pick one, which of all the Joker's cards yeah. of all time, yeah, I, just this batch that we've done this. Well, season. let's include the other batch. It's not going to change anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd probably go with Malenko. Yeah. Although I've got to say, Jekyll holds a very special place for me because that's where I got on board. Yeah. Um, Riddlebox is also way up there as far as like song for song punching power, and the Wraith also holds a really special place for me. I also want to give a special shout out to Bang Pa Boom because I think that was a fantastic album. And the recent Fred Fury, I think, really hit it out of the park too. So I've picked a lot, but if I had to just say one on any given day, I'll probably say Malenko. I'm, I'm with you on that one as well. Really? Yeah, th- th- that, would, that would be my pick for sure. I seem to recall you liking uh, Riddlebox better than Malenko. I liked Riddlebox at the time. Like, it's, it's when you listen to it, you go back and listen to it. I think Malenko has better songs okay. overall. I Fair think enough. that is if you're trying to convince somebody who's never heard them before to like them, that's the one you show them. Yeah, I mean, it was their biggest selling one, and it's still the one that most people remember. So it's definitely a good entry point. Yeah. Uh, it was my second album, and it did a great job of that. It's one of the ones where I realized, like, they're not just some one-hit wonder. I mean, <laughs> that'd be a difficult term to apply to Insane Clown yeah. Posse. Yeah. But to me, like, I got that one album, The Jacker Brothers, and I'm like, holy fuck, like, this is an amazing album to me. And then I was hoping I wouldn't get all the other albums, and they just fucking suck, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of bands like that, so mm. I, I, I get your I went through the whole there. 90s doing the BMGs and signing bands that I liked <laughs> one or two songs on their album, and then everything yeah. else sucked. Like, I liked, um, what's that, Clumsy by Our Lady Pete. Oh, that's a great album, yeah. And I bought Naveed. Yeah. Shit. Naveed's... A lot of people like Naveed, but I fucking hate that Naveed's album. not bad, but Clumsy's the album. album sure, Clumsy's yeah. a great album. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Shangri-La came along. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Shangri-La because you're selling it short and I, I know maybe some jugglers agree with you, but I, I want to give it its due credit because Shangri-La started something that's often called the diamond rain era. Yeah. And now it's just a time, I'm going to use this term again. I don't know if I've used it already, but you know what I mean when I say shine? Uh, like as in like the movie, movie slash book, The Shining? Like no, he's got that shine? Not quite like that. Okay. It's more of like a karmic shine when you just like you glow because you're feeling so good and so positive. Like okay. It, almost like if you think like laws of attraction where somebody's putting out so much positivity and so much energy yeah. that you just see it beaming off of them. Like Marshall Applewhite from, from that cult, right? Um, I prefer to go with David Koresh just for thematic sake. But okay, sure, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that was the Diamond Rain era and... It was an incredible era. Like, it felt like everything had come together for Juggalos, and we realized, like, you know, we always knew the mainstream wasn't for us, and we had our own little community. And Juggalos mm-hmm. were like, "Yeah, we fucking did it. We got to the promised land. The six is here. It's everything we imagined it would be. It's like validated and confirmed 
a lot of the theories and suspicions that juggalos had, you know? Yeah. When you're like fucking little punk 15 year olds arguing with their parents and trying to explain, like, ICP's not the devil, they're not evil. No, they're like, they, you know, they're good. They're talking about fuck racism and stuff like that. And the race came along and said, like, yeah, fuck yeah, exactly right. It, it, it's the album that you use, like, the, the last one is the album that you use in, in your court case to, to do a character study to be like yeah <laughs> or I, I mean i did some uh character studies and psychological essays on the band uh throughout uh university and we use that album quite often um but icp like because at the gathering in 2002 they said um that there'd be two faces they showed both faces and they said like first jangle off for the jugglers and then one year later exactly it would be hell's pit for the rest and it wasn't one year later it became just over two years later actually 2004 that hell's pit was released hmm. but they, they talked about that a lot, and they said, you know what, like, you really don't want to step out of this diamond rain and start bringing the fire rain. Like, yeah. we, we want to enjoy it. And they did world tours. They went to Australia and did a big tour. They were really living it up in, like, probably, like, the most luxurious time of their life, even though it probably wasn't necessarily the richest. Yeah, yeah it wasn't the height of their career. But, mm-hmm. but it, it felt like, you know, success, and I think they really liked that. And it was just an amazing time to be a juggalo. And, you know, every juggalo I saw in that area, era and – the vibe of the concerts when I talk to people since then who were at like the Shangri-La, the Wicked Wonka tours, um, just the energy was incredible and people were really happy and just wanted to bask in that era of the race. And, and as we've discussed before, like this was like, uh, uh, I, I would say the height of mainstream, like the beginning of mainstreaming of Juggalos as well. Hmm. So, I mean, the like, race? No. Like around this time period, like I remember, remember around this time period is when it started kind of getting into like normal started to know what juggalos were mm, i don't know if i agree with that that could be a whole other episode yeah yeah but it, it continued 97 when they were the biggest it became kind of a thing and then it was actually i would say probably 2009 with bang taboo and the miracles video that it really really resurfaced and that's had a giant when, resurgence that's when it became like a meme but i feel like this was the time period where i could talk to another person who i didn't know like didn't expect would know who they like okay. maybe anything about them okay. like, oh, from yeah, an outsider cool. perspective maybe that's the case um yeah. one, one coincidence uh hell's pit is the uh time you met me yeah yeah around we, that we, time we met right around 2004 it's definitely the first uh icp release i remember talking to you about at lid factory yeah coming by and telling you that it was out and, i mean you didn't really give a shit about icp no <laughs> but <laughs> I just... you humored me we, we chatted about it a little bit uh so that was good so I remember, you know, I talked about in the Shangri-La episode how, like, every night I would go to sleep listening to Shangri-La and, like, fall asleep listening to it. And mm-hmm. just, that was my Diamond Rain era, too, and I was loving it. And I didn't mind them delaying Hell's Pit a little bit. I was anxious for it, but I got it, and that era was a really fresh thing and something that I miss sometimes. And I, 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 I put on that album and it takes me back to it, but it was a special time. And then one day, I came home from classes. This would have been in my... I guess second year of university and as always pretty much first thing I do chuck my fucking books down on the floor like pour myself a drink sit down on my computer and uh check out icp.com see what news yeah and they had a splash page you remember those I don't think any websites use those anymore. I do yeah yeah yeah. where you open it's just nothing but like an image basically yeah so they had like the fire background (laughs) they had uh the, the chorus from a song that didn't actually make the cut Weird. For Hell's Pit, uh, it's called Bodies Fly, and we first really heard it in official capacity on Forgotten Freshness 4. But it was just this refrain repeating, like, everybody throw your hands in the air, like you don't care, that it's fucking raining blood everywhere. And just that, like, repeating yeah. to this almost, like, dance beat, almost trancey. 
kind of thing. Yeah. And I just sat there, like, looking at the flames, being like, oh, interesting. It's <laughs> beginning. It's here. That time period was peak, like, peak internet music speculation. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, that was if an album was going to drop, the internet knew enough to make it exciting, but wasn't, like, leaking albums the day it was announced. So it was, like, before that crazy time of, like, nowadays <laughs> where it's, like, you can listen to things months before they come out. Right. Well, yeah. you can. I'm, I'm still weak and lame, and I never do that. Well, at least with ICP. I, yeah. I buy the physical album, I put on headphones, and I listen to it. But that's the day it kind of began. The Hell's Pit speculation, the Hell's Pit hype began that day. Um, I wonder how many people actually remember checking the website and uh, hearing that beat and when they heard it on Forgotten Freshness 4, four made that connection. Yeah. I haven't heard that talked about a lot, so anybody listening to this, um, hit up our message boards on, on uh, it's not a message board, is it? Fucking, what is it? It's a chat? <laughs> uh, something. Facebook group. Facebook, yeah. Yeah, get us on Facebook, the Book of Faces, at uh, the Gentleman Juggalo, and let me know if you remember that. Or tell me I'm making it up if you don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking wrong. I saw it! <laughs> I'm actually curious about that, too, because I really like that era of, of music stuff, and whenever I've connected things like that and other people talk about it, I find it. Yeah, I, I haven't heard that talked about a lot, so I'd love people to like tell me about the time they loaded up. I'm like, oh, shit, you know, yeah. there's a fire's here. Um, so this album was meant to be the wickedest shit ICP ever put out. Mm -hmm. It was meant to be the darkest, just everything, like all the fun and all the, a lot of the humor and certainly the positivity distilled out of their message. Yeah. And leave you with just the wicked. Yeah. Um, that said, of course, it came with a 3D film and 3D glasses. Awesome. The, the, the good old-fashioned, like, blue and red plasticky one. Yeah, yeah. The film was called Bowling Balls, based on a song we didn't listen to today. But it was, like, a probably like a 26-minute film. And it's pretty fucking great. We'll That's watch awesome. it sometime yeah. and hold 3D glasses in front of our face. Yeah, we should, um, uh, we should do that for an episode next season. We should watch it and then review it. That could be done. We have to watch it with our 3D glasses, though, man. Oh, of Do course. those work on modern TVs? I don't even know. Yeah, no, and, and by the way, I have six pairs of them at home from other movies that I have bought that are 3D. Excellent. Do they have, uh, like, ear things? Yeah. Arms? Okay, maybe we'll use them because the yeah. ICP ones don't. Yeah, I'll bring them. Um, or you could also get one with a live concert from, I believe it was Bootlegged uh, in Denver from the Wicked Wonka tour, but I could be wrong about that. People can correct me there. Um... So that pretty much covers it. One other thing important about this one. Yeah. No guest stars. Interesting. Whatsoever. It was just the Wicked Clowns bringing the fire. Was there any on the last one? Or? There was, but it was only Psychopathic Troops. So you had oh, Twisted, yeah. you had Blaze, you had Maybe K, and you had Eshawn, who had just joined at the time. But this, it's just strictly the Wicked Clowns all on their own. And that kind of became a common thing with Joker's cards after that. Something that some people regret. Some people disagree with. Some people wish there were more guest stars on Joker's cards. Not this guy. Yeah. I love it when it's just the clowns. Yeah, I, I prefer it as well. Like, it keeps the theme better. I like it. So the setting, 2002. Mm -hmm. Ages, Violent J is 32. Shaggy is a fresh and smooth 30. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's shaved at this point. Oh, no, yeah, actually, yeah. shit, he's not. He's got his hair back at this point, doesn't he? Um, yeah. Fresh and smooth he's and then Fresh and smooth. <laughs> no matter How old are you? I'm older than both of them at this point as well. Are you older than them? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 33. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you're older than both of them at this point as well. Old fucking man. Jesus. Yeah. So, <laughs> we started off as we always do with the intro and then into the what's really the intro song. The intro yeah. is just a quick 
uh, little thing, and then Walk Into the Darkness. Yeah, it's the, the first song we listen to, and this is a real counterpoint to the opening of the race, which is Walk Into Thy Light. And, and, and can, can I mention to you, uh, yeah, with the intro, just because it ties around at the, the end of that white support, mm-hmm. there is things on it. Yeah, you hear the person thing. die, and yeah. then you and hear then like the, go, oh, yeah. I don't know, like Gregorian chants almost, and yeah. then <laughs> take this journey into hell. So it's, it's really a tour. It's done in a pretty cool way. Yeah, I, I wanted to make sure we touched on that just because it's. I feel like that was an important part of the album. It's like it brings you in and brings you out. I agree with you, and since you loved it so much, later on, after we're off air, I'll play you the extended version of that intro, released on the Hell Cellar album. Oh, sweet. It has sweet tribal music added to it. <laughs> if it's anything like what I'm imagining, it's awesome. Like that music that Kramer dances around to. Pretty you know? much that. <laughs> 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 when he smashes through the glass table. Yeah. yeah. I hope everybody watching our Seinfeld fan. If not, what the hell are you doing with your life? <laughs> so yeah, I think like anybody coming off the race and the positivity and uh, everything you hated about that album, the glow, the shine, yeah. um, the, the sincerity. Yeah. It's a very unabashed, unapologetically like righteous album. And I think that's hard to deal with for some people. But this one lets you know, none of that here. It is dark as sin. It's got negativity just oozing out of it. <laughs> I love how that was exactly the word that I was hoping you were going to use, oozing. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you feel some ooze? It did ooze. This, this album has a specific vibe to it that is different than any other album that they have. Like, it, Talk to me about that. Um, okay, so uh, I'll, I'll touch on it a little bit later, but like, there's like this weird heavy bass the whole time and like kind of like droning sound. Um, there's distortion on the vocals. Like, yeah, there a is a lot. Of, a lot of real, like... They really parted from the rock of Shangri-La and went to a more classical rap for this album. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and it was uh, classical, but it had, like, the... Like, it was also one of those things where, like, if you play music until the cast is here, I almost thought it would say 2004, 2005. Like, really? there's a very specific sound of this. So, like, it's, it's really dated to a particular time. I don't know anything about what this means. You said the same thing for Shangri-La yeah. as well, that you would have dated for 2002. It's I don't know not, if there's any credit to that, but if so, wow, ICP are fucking trendsetters, man. It's not bad, but there's a lot of, like, it's just that there was a lot of stuff that was coming out at this time. Like, you know how rap goes through those, like, lull periods where, like, nothing new is happening? Except for ICP, who are setting the new trends of <laughs> bass and well, no, discarded vocals. Around this time, a lot of bigger albums came out. Okay. I, uh, was it one of them the gorillas? Uh, yeah, gorillas might have. Yeah, gorillas might have been around this time. Um, I just said a name that I knew. Jay Z's black album was okay. around this time. Like, like there was a lot of, a lot of newer stuff coming out. I think like uh, Nas had uh, his Nostradamus album come out around this time. I like Nas. Yeah, there, there, there was a lot of like bigger albums coming out, and like it ju- we just came off before this like the time period of when like rap metal was what rap was doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a shame. All those guys, like, trying their best, and they just get overshadowed by the six Jokers guys. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody even heard of Nostradamus. <laughs> Actually, to be honest, a lot of people really hated that album. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. I am one of the few that liked that album. We can't all be Omatic. <laughs> um, so, so I put down as a note, uh, especially in the first verse, uh, Better Rhymes, and, like, Better Rhymes, like, he's been working. Like, he's been, Jay has been working on his rhymes. And it was noticeable throughout the rest of the album, but I just had to write it down right away. Uh, he, he was tying things together better 
Okay. Yeah. It's different delivery styles as well. Um, one thing I want to point out, well, we talked about how the two albums mirror each other. Um, and I think that's going to be pretty obvious throughout uh, the, the Shangri-La and Hell's Pit, mm-hmm. how they are almost are polar opposites. Um, one thing I really like in this one, and I mean that polar oppositeness goes from um, all the way from like rap styles and the type of music to the content and themes as well. Yeah. But uh, right at the end of the intro that you were just talking about, mm-hmm. there's a voice saying, why did you choose this? Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing to like open up the album on because it's placing a big sense of responsibility not only onto the idea of the character and how almost a Dante-esque situation, yeah. but uh, for the listener as well. But, uh, yeah, well, and it also kind of ties back to old albums of like, it's like the theming of like what you do with your life follows you to death and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And, and like, this might be why I think this album's more interesting than the other one is the other one is is basically like the what you like it's what happens if you did it right yeah and i feel like there's more songs that they have that are about what happens when you do it wrong you know what i mean so like this felt like it was tying up a theming better than the last one did. okay the last one felt like it came out of nowhere yeah i, I <laughs> yeah. never felt like it did i would almost say i saw that coming but i i, I get what you're saying yeah. um I, I think you can't talk about what happens if you live wrong without an undertone current theme of what happens if you live right and And they they had they had to tie up that end as well so they were really like we've always talked about this dichotomy in icp's music of positivity and togetherness and what happens how to celebrate living and all the great things in life and also what happens if you fuck life up and there's a line later on in this album that i think really hits that out of the park well two of them actually that we're going to get to um but i think that why did you choose this kind of touches on it and also place for those who chose to give up fuck less mm-hmm. is a really important line because that idea of fuck less um, it's pretty common throughout all the Joker's cards and all yeah. ICP's music in general it's like I don't give a fuck fuck off all these different ways to not care yeah. about the world around you and that can be either a shield against the negativity around you you know if people are all like treating you bad and shitting on you you can say fuck off to that yeah. it can also be taken too far to where you're saying fuck off to Exactly. Yeah. That, that, that's it. That's always the, the, the fine line that you got a lot. Like in life in general, not just in relation to, to this kind of thing. Like well, this is related to life. Right, yeah, and, and death. <laughs> but, uh, but, but the whole idea is, like, it's really, like, it's a good lesson to go, like, oh, it doesn't matter what other people think. But if you don't listen to what anybody thinks, you're never going to get lessons from people you don't expect. Yeah, you can't shut everything out just because some of it sucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And sometimes you got to hear the shitty opinion. Just, like, like I, I find music, and, but, like, the, one of the biggest things that uh, a better musician is good musicians who were jerks that came around and played better than me and acted worse than me okay, and kind yeah. of made a fool out of me. And then there was, like, that drive of, like, I could have been, like, fuck them, I'm doing my own shit, and it's art or whatever, which a lot of musicians do, but I took it more as, like, a, fuck, you're bad people, and they practice. Maybe I could practice and not be a bad person. <laughs> yeah, like, yep, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Writing is very similar. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of negative influences out there, but you can't ignore them. Yeah, I, I'm a negative influence in writing, and everybody should listen to me because I'm pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a negative influence in a lot of things. Yeah, yeah I'm awful. Yeah. Uh, one other thing before we move on. Um, they use the term the witch. 
Yeah, I noticed that. Okay, did you have any questions about that, or did you kind of put together what that was? I was hoping you would explain it to me, because it came up a few times. It and did, I was yeah. Like, ah. The witch throughout this album is the devil. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rather than, like, calling him the devil or Satan or anything like that, they just decided to go with the witch. And that's yeah. been taken a couple of different ways. Um, I think at the time it was actually explained as, you know, they didn't want to give him the dupe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, throughout, throughout you'll hear the name the witch, and that's essentially signifying the devil. Um, and it's kind of like a person that but like uh, brings you through it like as a tour guide almost, it felt like. Kind of, yeah. 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 The witch pops up several <laughs> times and kind of drags you kicking and screaming through hell. Yeah. Um, so that's the term for this one. And the next deck of cards, they actually go with Beelzebub. Oh, yeah. I like that one better. That one it's classic, yeah, <laughs> doesn't it? it? It's easy to rhyme things with Beelzebub. Yeah. Any other thoughts on the intro and or Walk into the Darkness, my friend? Uh, I, I like the dragon chewing your face off. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah it's, it, 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 like, after doing that last one, there was kind of so much of a departure that I kind of forgot some of the, like, stuff that I really enjoyed. And this Best album... Best believe you're getting fucked by a 27-foot dragon while chewing your face up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and, I, and it's also just, the, like I said, they have better, like, their rhyming's better in this one. So it was improving upon the fun thing. Like, they have fun rhymes, but, like, there are better fun rhymes. Okay. And so, like, that one, and there's a couple more that I'll mention later, but they got me, and I was like, fuck, yeah, this is getting me back in. Awesome, good to hear. Yeah. We've got a long ways to go still. <laughs> yeah. Even though this is the last of this original six, it ain't the end of ICP. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of ups and downs for me throughout. <laughs> the ups and downs of the Wicked Clowns? Yeah, yeah. Um, based on what you've enjoyed, fewer than you think, I think. Oh, yeah. good, good. <laughs> Usually they're pretty true to their own art. Yeah. Um, they have to do those exceptions once, and it's, it's a big part of who they are and what they do. Yeah. But it's definitely the minority. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next song we talked about was Truly Alone. Now let me tell you, the first time, I was, I don't know if you remember the place, like that basement suite that I lived in in 2004 with Mark, um, but that's where I first heard this, and I like put all six Joker's cards, well, even, well, seven, I guess, down on the floor, and I like surrounded them with candles, Yeah. And I, I sat alone in my room listening to this album, and man, did this song hook me right off the chart, Truly Alone was one of my standout songs. Um, and what this song does is, I mean, I'm sure you noticed that, but for the listeners, if you're not familiar kind of starts off taking you through this like emotional reflective kind of thing about having nobody to listen to you and like yeah just slowly you can hear this guy sliding down this dark slope um and it touches on a lot of themes that they have before but then it goes over that edge yeah and, and becomes like the, the, the speed of it picks up a little bit and it becomes this dark narrative about this guy just going on a murder spree hoping to get some kind of recognition in the world because he doesn't feel like he's been it captures this the motif of like a lot of murderers that we hear. Yeah, um, yeah. Like a very typical thing. And he, he says, you know, you'll probably see me on the news and be like, look, there goes my home. I, I, uh, I wrote down, and I think that this, like, I wrote it down as it was uh, being said, and I didn't know where the song was going. But like looking back, reflecting on it, it was an important line to mention. It's the, ain't nobody making sure I take my pills. Yeah. And through the escalation of the song you get the vibe of of somebody falling off slowly and then it like the the craziness escalates and i think that's a really interesting line like i wrote that down because i thought that it was like oh that's like gonna be the theme of this song and then the theme shifts yeah. so like like that, that then that's at that point where i went back to the beginning of the episode and changed what question i was gonna that's ask why you thought it was the joker to, okay to the, the joker because because i thought that was that was really interesting uh, it, that was a cool line yeah, now I wish there's always 
songs that I wish I was able to include, and there's a couple on this album because it's a really so solid album. I, I often underrate it because I'm so in love with Shangri-La, but this is a tight album. Mm -hmm. um, and the penultimate song on it, Manic Depressive, yeah. uh, we didn't listen to today, but it touches a lot on that theme, and now I kind of wish we did. Yeah, it's it's definitely a like a interesting theme, and it's like it's a, a little bit of a departure from some of the other theming. Mm -hmm. Like I, I find that like especially but like there's a lot of groups like this, but ICC is one of them where uh, it's it's hard not to start repeating these. You know what I mean? Because there's only so much, and you have a million songs. I think right? pretty much every artist who's around well 30 years at this point for ICC, anyone around that long, begins to. Yeah, and and. This is something like that idea is something that I don't think I've heard them touch on this way yet. So, yeah. I, so that kind of like this one stood out for sure. Um, I also wrote uh, it, the, the, the music for this sounds like it's underwater. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of muffled. I can see that. It sounds like you have your head under like in a bathtub and you're listening to somebody play music outside of their car. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> like, yeah, it's. Suffocating kind of sound. Yeah, it's like it's depressive. Like it's like it, it goes along with the vibe. I made a note while we were listening to it. Uh, the first half of the song before it gets into the story part. Yeah. Is that is that what would you call the lazy rap that you like the necklace side? Uh, kind of, this one's a little different, but yeah, yeah, like kind of same style. Like it, it has like the no emotion. Like you, you can imagine their their face with like the face just being like blank. Totally dead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like that. Like. This was the first song when Mark came home after I bought this album because I took a day off work to listen to it, and I think I took a day off school as well. <laughs> um, as one does. Um, and this was one of the first songs I played him, and uh, he, he laughed at the same line as you. Do you remember which one? Uh, well, there's a couple. It's the second one in the one, but uh, I, I thought it was funny that he said he took a chance off the chainsaw rack because it's like, I don't know if you've ever been to a hard store. But anyways, this is the states. They probably do. Yeah, that's right true. next to the gun. I, I, yeah, but the, the some hero clothesline. That's the line. That's the line. <laughs> he laughed at that. I, I love the, the the calling him a hero. Well, he was trying to stop a killer. It's a fair recognition, isn't it? It's it's just an odd thing for the killer to refer to the man who stopped him as being a hero. Yeah, well, he didn't manage to stop him. He does kill him. Yeah, yeah. Quite quickly, it's not much of a hero, but I think it's a, it's a kind of tongue in cheek, like oh, some hero. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Gonna stop me. Yeah, I, I like that line a lot. Clothesline him. They always get the wrestling references in, and yeah. I, there's there's not a wrestling. They still do it to this day, and. <laughs> it's never once happened where I didn't laugh out loud, and I fucking love it. I don't watch wrestling as actively anymore, Yeah. but it's still in my DNA, it's in my marrow, and every time I hear something or like a DDT or something like that, I just can't help but lose my shit. And, and I don't want to date this because obviously, like, uh, this is coming out after, and people listen to podcasts at various times, years after they've come out and all this People stuff. are going to listen to this decades from now. But just saying, this weekend is the Royal Rumble. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess it's January, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what month it is. Yeah, everyone's stoked about it. Yeah, oh, right, Brock Lesnar's entering as the champ, right? I think That's so, never yeah. been done before, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, I think Mark was telling me about this. Like, he, he's got no competition at this point, so he's just being, like, doing it for fun, entering number one. Yeah. And to see how many people he can rip up. Yeah. So obviously awesome. somebody, some surprise is going to come in and eliminate him and create a feud. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's going to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just wish it was happening with a more reliable guy. Like, Brock appears, like, yeah. three times a year. Yeah, he's all about the money, right? Yeah. Anyways. Who amongst us isn't? <laughs> the next song we listened to was Night of the 44. Yeah. And I gotta give a disclaimer. 
I don't love this song, and I included it because it's one of the Night Of series, and okay. I wanted to keep with that beat, but there's a lot of other songs I would have sooner played. It's not a bad song, but <laughs> Night of the 44 is mentioned on Carnival of Carnage, and the song that juggler. There's the line, Night of the Axe, the Night of the 44. Yeah. And Night of the Axe is on Carnival of Carnage, at least yeah. if you have the original version, not the re-released Island version that cut it and black and white. Yeah. But, so the first Joker's card and the last Joker's card have those things, which is kind of cool. Since then, the Night Elf series has become kind of a tradition. And in later so series, we'll see at least two more of those songs. Both of them fucking excellent, by the way. So, this is the last of the original series of Night Elf. Um, we talked about which other two. In my opinion, this is kind of the worst of the four of them, of all four, and certainly of the original two. Um, but I thought it should be included anyways. How did it resonate with you? Well, okay, this is going to be one of those moments where, uh, uh, okay, so, so some jugglers might be mad about this. I hope nobody cares about this anymore. But, okay, so my first thing that I, I really found was this reminds me of a moment of clarity off of Jay Z's Black album. And I was like, what, like that beat reminds me so much of a moment of clarity. And, and, yes, and it's a wicked song. And, and so after I wrote down that note, I was like, oh, I wonder who produced that. And I was like, I, I wonder if it was just Blaze, because just Blaze did a lot on uh, Black Album. And uh, I looked it up, and it's the song on that album that's produced by Eminem. <laughs> which, which album? On the Black Album. Oh, Eminem made the... Made Moment of Clarity. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So, so, so I hate to put this back again, but every time I go, hey, this kind of sounds like something, and then it turns out to be Eminem... <laughs> when else did that happen? That, that happened in the earlier one where I was like, oh, this sounds like a, like an Eminem beat or a, 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 I can't remember what it was. But anyways, it, it was, I was saying it sounded like, um, like something by, um, maybe it was something that I looked up afterwards, but I said it sounded like a song by Eminem that was produced by Dr. Dre, and it turned out to be a song by Eminem produced by Eminem. Okay. I don't recall that offhand. Joe, oh, by the way. I, I can't I don't remember. Think, I don't think I, any jugglers care about the feud at this point. Yeah. Most jugglers like Eminem. I, I, I'm pretty down with them. I haven't even heard his new album come to think of it. But it's yeah, yeah. yeah it is what it is. Yeah, I mean he, he's kind of got, got into a very uh, defined flow at this point. Like same kind of guest star, yeah. same kind of sound. You're not shocked when you get it, and it's good, but it's not like mind-boggling. You know what he can do, and you wish he'd do something new and impressive. Yeah. But we're not here to diss on Eminem, and um, I mean without once again without trying to diss, but um, yeah. You're saying like some of the songs sound like him, but you know who he kind of sounds like? Yeah. ICP. But I understand. Especially the early stuff. Except for ICP, who can like rap like a motherfucker, but still. I understand that this is a back and forth, and I don't want to stoke the fire anymore and being like, hey, this also sounds like Eminem. You've reawoken the fuse, sir. Yeah. yeah. But, but I can't help but notice that. Like, maybe it's they're influenced by similar people or whatever, but I can't help but notice the, the similar sound. Like, it was. But that was 2004 as well? Uh, it could have been earlier. I have, to, I have to check the year, but it's around this time. All right, maybe they ripped it off from ICP, for all we know. Could have been. Could have, <laughs> could have been that they were just hanging out with the same people and got the same influences. Oh, no. <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah, I, I like the simple, snappy kind of beat to it, mm -hmm. uh, which is apparently... Yeah, it's a sick beat, yeah. yeah. And like, it, it's a classic approach, you know, the just straight-up song about murder. Yeah. It's got some funny lines in it. Yeah. And I think, like, who, who is it that's quoted in it, the comedian? Ah, oh, I, I didn't catch, I don't know who that comedian was, but. I think it's, um, I, I don't know anything about him. It's like the guy who does, uh, uh, I'm blank on it. He's really big at that time. Uh, at that time? Yeah. Fuck, I don't know. Maybe. 
Somebody come on here and tell us who that was. I know. Um, yeah, so a line that I wrote down is the corpse I'm holding up has no head and they ain't stupid. That, that's a great line. <laughs> that made me laugh right away the first time. Uh, that, that, yeah, that's, I, I always love those visuals that they, they give you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're good storytellers. And that, yeah. this, this song does a good job of that. It's not really stand out in any other way, but it, it's solid. It, it, it has it Shaggy singing in it. <laughs> that happens somewhat often. That's a standout, though. <laughs> Which line are you thinking of? Uh, I, I, it's being played right now as we talk. I can't bring it up, but there is somebody singing, and I'm pretty sure it's Shaggy, and it's kind of like a goofy singing voice. Um, anyways, <laughs> that's all I had written for that one, but it was a cool song. I liked it. Like 44 in the background? Yeah. 44. Yeah, yeah, that. Oh, okay, <laughs> that yeah, yeah. Any other thoughts on that one? No, that's about it. Good song. Well, that's just fine, because the next song is Burning Up. Yep. This, holy shit, man. Let me just say holy shit. I love this fucking song. I love this song so much. Um, it was it was up there with Truly Alone, but since, since then it's definitely surpassed Truly Alone. It's my favorite on the album. Yeah. And it would probably make my top 10 ICP songs of all time at any given moment, quite possibly. Yeah. I do want to throw out a credit because uh, there's a Mikey Clark remix of it on the Rake Remix album. Oh, it's really fucking good. And I, can't, I can never decide which version I like better. It goes back and forth, but that one's also worth checking out. I mean, if, if you're listening to this and you haven't checked out those uh, Rake Remix albums, definitely pick them up. You can probably get it for like five bucks online. <laughs> and there, there's some hit or misses. I mean, those are both classic albums and sometimes you just don't want to hear it version of the pick that you don't relate yeah. to but um i like the burning up one um i like several others yeah i i, I like this beat a lot and i can't imagine like maybe it's better maybe the other one's even better but this is a great beat like this this is the the main thing that i noticed in this song is that the beat was so good. tell me about the dope beat okay so dope beat um so the instrumental part i wrote down it, and i i'm sure you'll appreciate this it, it uh the chorus part, like the chorus, this part that's just like instrumental. You're aware of the song enough to know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, it, it reminds me of a white zombie song. Okay. In like the vibe, the only thing it's missing is a woman randomly orgasming or saying, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and to talk about white zombie, let me tell you how much I love white zombie. And as a kid, listening to white zombie, how much I love orgasming women yeah. in songs. I've lost a couple loads to white zombie songs throughout my life, and thank God for that. Yeah, that, that is how we bond, is, is having that similar sure, you know, to white zombie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that. Yeah, me, me and you do not have many things that are, like, direct our childhoods were exactly the same, other than stuff like that. Orgy of the day. When you say stuff like that, I'm like, that is exactly how I grew up. <laughs> I was the only person I knew who had a uh, super sexy swinging sounds instead of Astro Creek. Yeah, and, like, I had super same sexy songs, swinging plus sounds. Plus Posters of Babes. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, the, the album cover is a selling feature, hey? Hells to the end. When, when you're like 13 years old, you pick that up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even have an internet back then. Yeah. That's like the closest I was getting. Naked unless I women. went under train tracks in my the outskirts of my town and risked being stabbed by bums. <laughs> Naked women with stars on their nipples. Whew, what more Come can on. you ask yeah. for, brother? And they had that, that sweet, like, 70s, 80s go-go kind of look. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have a weird format of stuff with that. 
<laughs> Anyways. Me too. I was just recently wondering when that look would finally come back. I know, and once upon a time in Hollywood comes out to save the day. Yeah, yeah, it's all about that. <laughs> yeah, well, I got to set in that period. So this song, um, you, you commented on the beat. The basic story of it, I think, is pretty clear to anyone listening. It follows the life, death, and afterlife yeah. of quite a wide range of evildoers. And it's told in like this really hard, gritty kind of rap style that I think just is perfect for the song and the album as well. I can't overstate how much I fucking love this song. Yeah. I, I wrote down, it reminds me of that uh, song by The Offspring, The Kids Aren't Alright, but for, for people from hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, it just reminds me of a juggalo version of Dante's Inferno. Yeah, well, it just it, like gives you, like catches you up on these people in their lives, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think is kind of interesting. Um, I also wrote down uh, uh, Jay's doing like a DMX voice in this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Just that like gravelly voice. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, Mentioned the pterodactyl at one point. I saw you laugh at that, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I such good imagery. Like for the most part, it's like really close up and brutal. Like you can see people bleeding out on yeah. stone and rock, and all of a sudden a pterod like it just zooms out and you can see this pterodactyl yeah. fucking dropping somebody who into this other torture to be into like a volcano. I, I think I think it's like the ogre of sail or something like that yeah. that they take him to. Um, yeah, I just imagine like a pan out of a bunch of lava and volcanoes and like a pterodactyl swooping in, like a, like a crappy looking claymation. Oh, it has to be, yeah. Yeah. It, like that. Well, what was that beast movie? Uh, oh. Uh, uh, we're, we're gonna lose our listeners. Yeah. Like, anyway, no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it looked like a hairy pterodactyl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I imagine swooping through the caverns of hell. Uh, the the, the giant claw. Right? The giant claw. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. If anyone knows what that is. Props. Hit us up on the website and Scott's going to give you an Arby's coupon. It's described as a flying battleship. <laughs> <laughs> Which does not describe it whatsoever. No, no. It looks like somebody painted their dick up like a pterodactyl. A pterodactyl. It looks like somebody made a pterodactyl out of clay, shoved it up their ass, pulled it out, and then put it on screen. That is about the most accurate impression we're going to get of this. Um, any other thoughts about burning up? Because there's a lot of lyrics that I'm going to get into. Uh, that's, that's about it. I I really like the drops, like when the beat drops out. Yeah. Like those, those are great times, like great uh, timing on when it drops out with the lyrics. Uh, Once again, much better rhymes than, uh, than previous albums. But yeah, that's about it. I I really like the beat on this one. Yeah. ICP are, I mean, they don't even claim to be like super tight rappers as far as like flow and all that. You know, they're, they're storytellers, they're performers. But this song has a pretty damn good flow. Like, yeah. they can bring it when that's what they want to do. And I wouldn't call this, like, a show-off song at that point because I think they're no. more trying to create the mood. But still, like, you, you got to step back and say, like, that, that's, that can come pretty tight on this song. Um, it's just downright fucking brutal, amazing. It's about evil being punished. And in that sense, like, it's that dichotomy you talked about earlier where it's, like, telling you what's good through showing you what's bad. Yeah, yeah. And in that sense, this is kind of one of the more actively, like, moral songs on this album, but in the wicked sense of punishing evildoers, right? So there's a couple of lyrics that really always jump out for me, because um, they it has such a sense of like foreboding, and the delivery of it is so great. Uh, yeah. One of them is like, later on, he lost his life in a scuffle. Now he in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those are the kind of like, what, what I'm saying, the rhymes are getting so much better. Like, that's a, that's not a direct rhyme. Like, that's like a slant rhyme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, then it goes on, like, you was a rebel, you nobody, no more. 
to yeah. the devil on the double you go. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You're you're rhyming multiple like couplets. Yeah, it's 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 great. Another lyric that's really important in it is, and this takes us back to something we talked about earlier, was you were born with the shine, but you lost it down the line. You fucked life up and you can't rewind. And so now, like, the context, that shine we talked about being that kind of inner glow, that positivity, like, you know, yeah. babies shine, little kids run around shining all the time. But then you see, like, older people who just, they're fucking dull. I they hate their life. I think I get it now. Yeah. You mentioned it, yeah. Okay. It's, I, I always say that there's you can tell how old a person is by looking at their eyes and seeing if they've, like, lost the will to live. There you go. Okay, yeah, that, that's kind of it. You know, in a nutshell, yeah, that's shine. Yeah. And sometimes, like, you'll see somebody, like, you know, maybe you'll see me sometimes and be like, damn, like, he looks good that day because you got fucking energy to you. Yeah. You know, you just fell in love or something or you just watched Orders of the Dead, <laughs> whatever, whatever gives you that. Um, and that's the shine. And yeah. It comes up a lot throughout ICP's music, and we'll hear more of that going forward. But that line is so cool because it's like that's the moment like you stop living the right life. You lost yeah. that shine, you fucked it up down the line, and you can't rewind. I love that. The last one that I, well, the second last one from this song that I really want to point out is um, Seven Demons in Your Ear Got You Believing You're a Heathen. Yeah. And that's, it's a cool line, but I, I'm curious, like, what do you think those seven demons are? Uh, okay. The seven demons are are they the like the the former uh, like the Grindelwald's guy and like the, the the Joker cards? Jekyll brothers and like does that count up to seven because the Jekyll brothers? It doesn't count up to okay, seven yeah, because yeah. there's two Jekyll brothers. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that, that that's that's what I thought, but I wasn't positive. I didn't want to speak out of turn and be like, what? Yeah, yeah. Nothing official about that, but yeah. that's always kind of something that jumped out to me, and something that I kind of—that's how I've always looked at it. Is right. These these cards—they can show you the right way, or they can taunt you on the wrong way. Yeah. And that's—it's kind of like a metaphor, or description that they brought up a lot. Like when you get on the wagons, right? They're going one of two directions. Yeah. Like they're going to take you up to heaven, and the spirits are going to celebrate and throw a fucking bagel with you, and have streamers and be like, "Fuck yeah, you did it! Yeah. You schooled it, homie." Or they're going to take you down to hell and they're going to fucking laugh in your face and taunt you all the way because you fucked up. Yeah. And to me, like, that's what that line is. They're, they're, they're in your ear. They've got you believing you're heathen now. Like, you know you fucked up and it's too late. And that's like, you know, that, that's kind of the mental torture we've talked yeah, about before. Yeah. That's so much more powerful than just being like, I'm going to cut you. <laughs> now you got to face the giant claw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last lyric I'm going to talk about in this song specifically is one that I think ties a couple things together. I don't know if it jumped out to you at the time, yep. but I'm going to read you this line because I'm not going to wrap it because I don't have that kind of talent. <laughs> and then I'm going to compare it to a line that we've already heard okay. from the Great Malenko. Okay. So the line from this one was, don't cry for the dead because they cry for you because we laugh about an aftermath, but they know how true. Okay. So that, what does that line mean? Like, how do you parse that out? That's a tough. I, I'm I'm not exactly sure to be honest. You're gonna have to walk me through that one. Okay, let me read you the other line and then yeah. let, let, let's compare and contrast. Let's get really fucking nerdy with this. So from the Great Malenko, and I think this is a little bit more straightforward of a concept. The Great Malenko on "Pass Me By." They say, and while you sit around crying for your dead friend, he's chilling up there, paid, getting mad ends. He's probably there trying to figure out why you're sad. He's on the beach getting fat. You got it bad. Right. So it's two different 
pieces of advice saying, don't cry for your dead ones. Yeah. But it's two very different reasons. And Versus, to me, yeah. yeah. And to me, this is a really cool distinction between the heaven and the hell mindset. Right. So in the heaven one, in Passing By, which is a song about heaven, they're saying, that, you know, if you've lost loved ones, don't cry for them. And this is, uh, if, if I'm getting this right, like somebody uh, hit me up on Facebook and let me know because I'm pretty sure that I read this in uh, Behind the Paint. It's just jumping out to me now, but I'm pretty sure that's what... Um, Jay's mother used to say to him when they they lose loved ones, just don't cry for them. They're in a better place now. Yeah. They're up in heaven. Fade getting mad ends. I don't know if that was his mom's exact quote. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so they're, they're up there trying to figure out why you're sad. Like they've got you've got it bad. Right. They're yeah. on earth. You've got it bad. They're up in heaven chilling and having a blast. Yeah. You're still living your life. Yeah. Yeah. And then the one on Hell's Pit is the exact opposite of that perspective, right? right. It's still saying, hey, don't cry for the dead because they cry for you. But it's not because you've got it bad down there. It's because you laugh about the concept of an aftermath, about the idea of paying for your yeah. sins, and they, they know, know what what's about. in store for right. you. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. they're like crying for your naivety. They're here suffering, and you don't even know what you have. You're wasting the shine, the potential that you have. Right, right. I think like Interesting. it's a subtle thing, but it's little things like that, little connections that I really love catching. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's, have, a, that's have, a good have, catch. Have, yeah. have other jugglers looked at it like that? I'm really curious. I'd love to see a whole discussion about those lines because I think those are pretty cool connections. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. That's a, that's, a, that, that's a good connection that I would have never even imagined catching. <laughs> um, the second last song we listened to is called In My Room. Yes. <laughs> I suspected you might like this one, and I'm not sure yet, so I'm interested to hear. Um, I didn't love it. Yeah? Let me give a quick ramble about why I chose this one because we've listened to a lot of ghost story songs. Yep. Um, and ranging from, you know, full-on ghost stories, there's a lot that we haven't, we haven't even had a chance to listen to Amy's in the Attic in the series yet. I know Juggalos, I'm sorry we haven't listened to Amy's in the Attic. I'll see what I can do. Maybe we'll listen to it in the last episode. Who knows? Hit me up on Facebook. Tell me what you want to do with that one. We'll talk more about that later. Because there's another song I realized we skipped on Malenko and I'm feeling pissed about that. I'm sure you all hate but this, to me, is kind of the conclusion of those. A lot of those songs are, you know, meeting dead bodies and celebrating with them. Usually right. fucking them. Having a damn good time. And to me, that's always kind of been like the idea of like, hey, the dead are still with us. Celebrate that. Live it. You know, hold on to these memories. You'll get to go up in heaven and fuck them all over again. You know, it, it, it's okay. But this is a different kind of ghost story. Um, it tells you the story of somebody seeing a ghost and falling in this, like, servitude, sort of love with them. Yeah. And just dedicating their entire life. This ghost, they'd come home, they'd shut everything out, they'd lock themselves in their dark room and wait for this ghost to come. They kill their own cat to make her happy. And then things take an extremely dark turn when he thinks that the neighbors saw him. Yeah. And yeah. the ghost tells him, hey, go kill the neighbors. I, 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 it made me envy vibes. Yeah. Of like, uh, like the. I obviously didn't believe in ghosts, but like. The, I don't believe in eggs. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't believe in you, man. <laughs> uh, uh, like, just preserving, like, like he preserved his mother's, like, it's like it's basically no base. But I mean, like, that, that idea of, like, you kind of give a personality to a dead person that is more your... Pro- like, like, I read this as... It's a little bit uh, psycho, too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, Norman Bates is psycho. Yeah. But, but uh, 
but it's based on Endgame and it's a whole thing. But, but anyways, it's like more I felt like this is him projecting this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. On a dead person? In the song specifically. Okay, so you imagine the ghost is somebody who's already dead. Yeah. Okay. Who, who he's, like, I, I imagine the ghost as not a real ghost and it's just projecting this. Like to kind of... Oh, yeah, I definitely agree it's not a real ghost. Yeah, yeah to, to kind of like justify his behaviors. It's a crazy person. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> It's a very, very dark, crazy person. But that's what reminds me kind of of like the end game kind of thing. Yeah, I see that connection. I dig that. Um, it's got the cool line because she can't come back now because they know our secret. Yeah. Unless I can make them keep it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where everything goes super dark and he goes and it's a pretty brutal murder scene of a young family. And I'll mention, like, for, for good lines, uh, I tossed the, toss the Mossberg and ditched the knife. That's yeah, uh, whatever. <laughs> but uh, it's it's the toss the Mossberg one that I enjoy because that's a. The, <laughs> so just to like break down like rhyme schemes in the earlier days they would do those basic like line ends on a on a like at and then goes back Cat. to hat. Right? <laughs> All right. Kind of thing. And this is like it's two back to back words that rhyme on the beginning of the word. You know what I mean? Toss the Mossberg. Okay, yeah. It's a really interesting way to rhyme that, like, all, it's not like rocket science for a lot of people who are like still rappers. Sure. But it was noticeable. Like, I was like, oh, wow, they're doing that now. Like, that's a, that's a new thing in the repertoire. Okay, so, cool, cool. I would never thought of that. Yeah. So that's something that I, like, and obviously, like, the knife rhymes with the end. Like, they do a simple rhyme after that. But th- that's some of, like, the skill to being a good rapper, in my opinion, is to be able to have those end rhymes and then throughout have other rhymes that are following mm-hmm. a theme and they're much better at that this time nice okay cool yeah that's an appreciation i wouldn't have caught um yeah d- uh, it, it, there's, there's another line that i really like in this because i think it brings home that idea of like you know it this isn't you know headless boogie or something where they're yeah. just dancing with the dead and having a good time because <laughs> he says this is more than a sick love story yeah and that's really literal in a, yeah, in a yeah. sense, right? That's really hitting the nail on the head and saying, like, there's something darker here. There's something more sinister. This is Hell's Pit. It can't end like the other ones where everybody just has right. a good time. Um, so he does eliminate the family, and then the ghost never comes back. Yeah. It, it is an illusion. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I don't think it's meant to be, like, a literal ghost telling him to do these things and then disappearing and be like, fuck you. I think it's kind of a, a character study of a deranged sort of mindset. Yeah, you could even make the jump of, like, how he says he... Like, he does mention that he lives with his parents or other people or whatever you could probably make the jump that his parents have been killed by him already quite possibly <laughs> yeah, so, yeah yeah like not explicitly mentioned but like yeah not a, not a like if you made a video to go along with this you can have their rotting bodies in the living room for sure yeah just background <laughs> yeah. detail absolutely yeah, yeah. um and you know every song on this is pretty much about hell in some way some of them are literal tours through hell whereas yeah. this is much more of a psychological hell because he's he's left alone he doesn't get right. the satisfaction he wants and the outro, probably like a minute, there's an outro of him just alone and abandoned saying, like, where is she? Waiting for that tap. Tap, tap, once for once, three months, four months. And he's just in his room going crazy, waiting for the satisfaction that's never going to come again. And you could bring that back to, it could be the same character from the song, uh, uh, tr- uh, Truly Alone, that we, yeah. we checked out at the beginning. Yeah, De- definitely a similar kind of situation going on. Yeah, yeah, you can make the leap that that could be the same person. You know what I mean? Like... It's it's a person who's clearly ill and doesn't have anybody around and 
isolates themselves and gets off medication as the reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Any other thoughts on that one? No, that's about it for that. All right. The last one we talked about, and you convinced me last time to do it. Um, I was going to do Manic Depressive, the penultimate song, yeah. uh, which touches on those beats as well. But based on your reaction to Die Unveiling last time, yeah. I thought, you know what? We have to do it with Real Underground Baby. Um, so <laughs> I've got a fair bit to say, some observations, some things to point out, but I'm kind of curious what your thoughts were on Underground Baby and if you can contrast it to how you felt about Die Unveiling. You know what? This is going to be the most anticlimactic contrast <laughs> because I think it did the same thing for me. Interesting. How so? Yeah. Uh, it was about five minutes too long. <laughs> and, this was a much longer song, in fact. And I felt like it was cool to hear all the little samples and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, like, beyond that, the content to the song was pretty, like, yeah, I get the point. And then well, it just the kept point. on going. Well, well it, was, it was summing up the theme of the album, which with the last one basically did as well. And it was kind of tying all the, like, it was tying it up, right? It was tying up loose ends. I think it touched on moves. I feel like it said a lot less than that in I'm being said agree. a lot. I'd agree. I think this one was purposely anticlimactic. In fact. Yeah. Uh, uh, that would be my argument that it, it, it's meant, I mean, it's catchy. Yeah. It's got a cool beat and it's got some fun little lines in there, but none of them really connect and none of them really go anywhere. And I feel like it's meant to be left on kind of an, a hollow note. Yeah. Because I think that's what hell's about. Right. And, and uh, the, the one part that I, I did like that was kind of clever and whimsical is uh, uh, they, they did like a, a play on the Candyman song from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory that like, uh, that who can paint the face of... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and, and normally it's supposed to be the Candyman again, right? Mm -hmm. But it, like, it, that was kind of clever and whimsical and like that's kind of what I expect from them. But other than that, it was just, it was kind of like, it was one of those kept on going on the same thing and then there was like cool samples, like it was cool to hear things and how they like mix them back in to different like you know they all different beats and different rhythms. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. Well, I think I think it, it, it left on kind of a dead note, but I think that was its point. Um, yeah. There was some cool stuff throughout. They had the God Scream from Die Unveiling interspersed right. throughout to remind you of that. Um, they also reference up Black Rain is right before me, which is a reference to the Dark Lotus album that Dead was associated right. with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that was a nice little tip there. Um, and then they get into the sampling of the songs. And while I very intentionally covered most of the songs that were in Die Unveiling, you might not have heard a lot of these songs. So yeah. I mean, you obviously figured out what was going on, but they yeah. didn't have the same ring to you. Um, but yeah, rather than just um, giving some lines, these were more, I don't know if the term medley or mashup would be more appropriate. Here. Uh, either one works. It's kind yeah. of an era-based, like it walks you through the cards in order. Um, so that they play the Carnival Carnage beat and the line along with uh, your rebel flag. Yeah. Then for Riddle Box, they, or sorry, Ringmaster, they play Mr. Johnson's Head, Get Off Me Dog, and a little bit of the Loonies. Uh, Riddle Box, they play the Riddle Box and Toy Box. Great Malenko, they play the title track and Down with the Clown. Yeah. Uh, Jackal Brothers, they play Fuck the World and Bring It On. And then they do something interesting because they mix up the six stroke of cards. They start with Hell's Pit with okay. a little bit of the witch. Yeah. Um, then they go into Birthday Bitches and Hell's Forecast from Shangri La, and then they end on Every Day I Die from Hell's Pit. Interesting. Yeah. I found that neat. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure why. Yeah. Bookends the. Yeah. Uh, they they had yeah. 
kind of gives you a peek. surrounded. Yeah, it gives you a peek into that and then brings you back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, well, the song, the tracks do appear in order, other than that one little discrepancy. Yeah. And um, they tend to be like a little bit more negative, or songs with less of a moral imperative, with the possible exceptions of uh, "Your Rebel Flag" and "Down with the Clown." Right. Yeah. But um, those are still based. Maybe Mr. Johnson's head. Goes. But you could even say those are still based around, like, you know, like, your rebel flag's based around hateful people who would probably... It's pointing yeah. out hateful people, and yeah. it's hating hateful people. Right. So, yeah, you could look at it as a, don't get too caught up in hate. Yeah. Because that goes back to songs we've talked about already, right? When you, when you lose that shine yourself. Also depends on your perspective of, like, if you're saying that these are all a bunch of negative songs. A song about negative people could be perceived as a song that fits that theme, right? Like, Absolutely. It ends on the line, <laughs> hallelujah. Yeah. And it was about that time that I was like, fuck, how did we not listen to hallelujah yeah. when we listened to Malenko? Because that's, that often makes it in my top five, I think. <laughs> that's a great song. Um, do you know that one? No, I don't. You don't? Oh, yeah. well, 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 we'll listen to it right away. Or, hey, maybe we'll listen to it in the final episode. Yeah. Um, we'll talk a little bit more of this in just a few minutes, but... Give us your opinions. Like, if there's songs you want us to cover uh-huh. in the final episode, if there's a specific album, maybe an EP, we might be able to pull that off for the final episode. And let us know what you want for the next season as well. We are all ears. I've enjoyed the hell out of this. Scott's been tolerant of it. I think he's, <laughs> he's willing to do another season with yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Awesome. So, yeah, I, I'm really curious about what we'll do with the last episode. We're going to give it a little bit of time, get engaged with everybody on the site, and uh, find out what to do with that and what next season could look like. Yeah. Because uh, there's a lot that we haven't covered. There's so, so much that we haven't covered. And if anything about the format's not working as well, let us know. But hallelujah, I just want to say it's another fucking favorite. Um, what that song is, your benefit, Scott, is um, it's kind of like they're rapping as like televangelists. Oh, sweet. It, yeah. <laughs> and it's like really tongue-in-cheek, like yeah. promising to save you. I think you have played that for me before we started this thing. Quite possibly, yeah. At some other time, because that rings a bell. Yeah, if I was playing you ICP songs randomly, that would come up pretty quickly. It's fantastic. And so it's this promise of salvation from like a very like fork-tongued false prophet kind of thing. Okay. So for hell's bit to end with that screaming, hallelujah. I think that's got a cool little like final message to it. Any other jump out thoughts for you? Uh, well, yeah, it's cool. Like, like I said at the beginning, it's cool that it comes with the guy coming back to life, which implies, like, in my opinion, it implies that uh, it, I, I'm sure fans would have dug into that a little bit, being like, "Oh, this is the end. This is like the, you know, final Joker's card." And then that that kind of gives you the. It's like the cliffhanger to the next season. You know what I mean? Where it's like the guy's died and the thing, but oh, he's coming back. There's another chance for more stuff. What do you know? mean when he comes back? What do you mean there? Uh, well, well, like the, the life support kicks back in, right? Okay. Like at the end, there's more like beep, 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 right? So it's like his heart stopped and then he saw all this and came back, right? Mm. That was how I read that. And so it's like you got a touch of this and now he's going to come back and learn to bless and then God knows what the next album is going to be, right? Return from Hell's Pit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a bat out of hell. <laughs> like a bat out of hell. <laughs> Just like some more meatloaf over there. Uh, I don't know if we said that on mic or not, but... No, we were talking about Meatloaf earlier. I don't think we were on mic. I don't know. (laughs) Either way, 
people will know if we talked about meatloaf or not. But uh, I'm betting we did, but we'll find out. Either way, we were talking about fucking meatloaf. Our friend Mark helped out meatloaf recently. I don't know if he told you about this, but meatloaf came to town and uh, collapsed on stage. And Mark and his the guy that he works with were the two people who were like first responding to meatloaf. Collapsing. Are you sure? I've never heard this story. Yeah, yeah. You would have told me that. And and this it's even better than you think. And so Meatloaf is down on his butt. Like Mark's not doing like the hands-on with Meatloaf. The you other guy is. Him out? Yeah. Well, no, he's just like asking questions and like making sure like that he's not like like. Did he ask what's your favorite food? No, but he asked him. He asked him like, oh, what's the day? What's the year? Whatever. What's your name? And uh, what's your first name? And he said Meat. <laughs> Awesome. Which implies that he thinks his last name is Lobo. Yeah, Mr. Lobo. Mr. Lobo. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, anyways. <laughs> Does that imply a certain amount of coherence to the man? Or or he lost his mind. Yeah, how out of it he was. That's hard to say. I, w- I would have asked some follow-up questions about Mr. Mark. <laughs> Mr. Lobo. Um, so in closing, um, like, walk me through it again. This album worked for you more than Shangri-La. Yeah. Uh, give me a bit of, like... I'm sure we'll do a little bit of that um, next episode, but like, so how does this one then, as a bookend, work for you to tie the Joker card series together? A note that I that I uh, put in there is, and it kind of felt like as it started, I'll just say my comments and then I'll mention what I'm talking about. It put the eye back in ICD in this album. Okay. Yeah. Like the insane part came back a little bit. (laughs) Oh, I got what you meant. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but but. I felt like in the beginning days, like if I was to like track this to, to the first Joker's card, to this one, it was, it started off as like your kind of like kids coming up from the streets. It was before they had any like lessons or anything like that. You started to get into like the theming, the learning the lessons, kind of exploring morality. And then it got into more extreme like, like uh, punishments and, and more of the, the lore and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, as, as you start to round up the end, it feels like they're trying to, um, like they're coming to their conclusions, basically, right? Right. And the last one, like the Shangri-La one that we were through, that, that felt like it would kind of culminate, like, oh, this is the conclusion. And this one kind of helped bookend it for me. Like, I appreciate the last album that we listened to a lot more now because of this one, because it feels like it ties it together. Okay. Like, uh, if they left it like that, I would feel kind of disappointed. This one kind of brings it back, and it feels like it's a complete series again. Cool, okay. Yeah. So this one actually um, like was a kick-out for Shangri-La as well. It, it helped boost that up. Yeah, for sure. Like it, it made that one make a little bit more sense. I still think it's a weak album, but like it's a weak album that's necessary. I think. Okay, you, you see the import of it then. Yeah, yeah I see why it's there, but it is, it is, a, it is that episode. Like, it's like when you're watching a TV and there's the final episode and the episode before the final episode that yeah. you're kind of like, well, we need to set up all these things to get to all the fun stuff. But like... Well, second last episode's always <laughs> the best. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, like, it just sets up, like, puts everyone in peril and, like, you know what I mean? And then the last one's all the, the satisfying parts, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I felt kind of like that, like, where this one made me, like, it scratched the itch and the other one set up, like, a theme for me. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. So we'll, we'll probably talk about more some more uh, retrospectives on the series um, in the final episode. Yeah. But once again, to listeners, um, let us know what you want to think. It's going to be a little bit of time before we record. Um, if there's songs we didn't cover, if 
the schemes we didn't cover. If you think we were fucking way off yeah. on anything, we'd love to adjust juggalo opinions and let, let the people weigh in. I'm just one and we are fucking legion. So, yeah. you know, if you're listening, weigh in, let us know your thoughts. I'll give you shout outs or I'll make Scott give you shout outs if I think you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like, if there's anything you'd love to see covered on the last one, let us know. And also let us know what you want us to do next season. We could go straight into the second deck. We could do all the different EPs. We could make sure we cover Bizarre Bizarre. If there's something about the format you don't like, I might be able to convince Scott to just listen to the albums on his own and then we'll just talk about them. Um, we could just try and listen to more of the albums, fewer songs, more tailored around, you know? Fuck, I'm flexible. Let yeah. us know, Juggalos. Before we wrap up, Scott, do you have any shout outs, props, or promos to give? Uh, well, uh, as this uh, this season's nearing its end, uh, I'm getting right into my podcast that we kind of do in tandem with this called The Looney Bin, which is about monsters, ghosts, Bigfoots, all sorts of things. Big a- feet. A- a- it's Bigfoots. It's big feet. <laughs> it's I learned that from the Lord of the Rings. Anyways. Proud feet, proud foots. <laughs> It's, it's uh, aliens, all sorts of stuff, but specifically from Canada. And I'm trying to do more of an approach of, of exploring the reality of it, not just the fun story. But there is a lot of the fun story involved there. Right. Um, we're going to record our first episode of that right after this. So, uh, Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see how those go, I guess. But uh, uh, tune into that. That's coming up shortly in the future. <laughs> so uh, that's about it. That's all I got to plug. I'm going to plug it more next uh, episode but yeah that's what i got i'm gonna plug that looty bin watch it <laughs> listen to it uh fucking download it and share it burn it on the cds and give it to your mom whatever you need to do it's gonna be awesome i don't know that for sure i'm talking on my ass we haven't even recorded a fucking episode <laughs> but i'm pretty sure it's gonna be awesome it's yeah. canada nobody listening to this knows anything about canada probably uh we're way up here in the north we just had minus 40 something weather for like two weeks two and a half weeks and we're all frozen um we're missing fingers and there's Fucking monsters up here, nobody even knows that come help us. They're fucking ice monsters. Are any of them ice monsters? Not yet, no. There better be a goddamn ice monster. <laughs> I just did this whole rant. <laughs> also, check out Brad Oink. That's Brad O-H-I-N-C.com. That is uh, my own author page. I do writings, ramblings, occasionally a poem. There's going to be a poem this Sunday. It's about a liquor. <laughs> it's already way past by the time you're hearing this, but fuck you. Um, look it up. What's it called? It's called lubricant, and not in the sex way, in the writing way. It's beautiful. Um, check out all the information about uh, Edgar's Worth Sunday. My novel is currently in bookstores right now, and I'm working on a couple other little surprises, so you might have something else to look forward to in the very near future. Um, as always, check out Shite Night as well. That's our uh, former, what is it, a YouTube show? Yeah, YouTube Yeah, the show, YouTube yeah. show. Check it on YouTube. Just Google Shite Night, S-H-I-T-E, Night, N-I-T-E, right? N-I-T-E. However you spell I, I think we spelled it on ITE. Did we? I think so. Oh. Check both of them. You'll know when you find it. Um, we watch and we get drunk and we watch shitty B-list horror movies and we make fun of them. And yeah. Sometimes our friend Dave falls asleep. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, tell me a story. We're going to be putting out the last episode. By the time you hear this, it'll definitely be out. But that's, uh, oh, we did Morton's List for that one. Yeah, Fuck yes. Anybody listening to this knows all about Morton's List. We talked, we told favorite stories from Morton's List, and we set up a game live on the show, and then we went and did a quest. And if anyone wants to know what happened on that quest, email Scott. And, and you know what? We might actually put that in uh, to this series as a secret episode. We'll see about that. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyways, it's got lots of good stuff. It's got some uh, one other Juggalo episode. Anyways, me talking about my upbringing as a Juggalo in a small town, and you'll never know its name unless you listen to it. It's a small forest fucking village in Canada. Or if you've listened to episodes of this and have a good memory. Have because I, I think I said you said it, it two or three times. <laughs> maybe I have. Maybe I haven't. Yeah. Take notes as you go. Anyways, it's been a fucking pleasure. There's one more episode. I hope to hear from you all on Facebook group, Gentleman Juggalo dot. No, Facebook slash, I don't fucking know. Yeah, I just, just got a search Facebook Gentleman Juggalo. Yeah. I don't know how URLs work. Uh, we've got a cool new Chokers Card looking logo for it. We're pretty excited to launch this. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm half hard right now. Fucking excited. Hey, Scott? Yeah? Can I get a whoop whoop? Whoop whoop! <laughs>